are listening to Legacy Moments, where we have authentic conversations about life, business, and so much more. I'm Dr. Patrice Berry, and I am joined by my co-host and mom, Johnny Lloyd. Together, we combine my years of psychological training with her years of life and business experience to add value to your day. Today, we wanted to talk about raising emotionally intelligent children. When we talk about emotional intelligence, that is self-awareness, self-regulation, being able to manage yourself and your emotions, and then also having some social skills. And there are some specific things that you can do to help teach your kids how to be emotionally intelligent. And one of the biggest things is modeling that as a parent, and then also being mindful of the types of discipline and things that you use, because we wanna make sure that our discipline is teaching and that it's not simply saying, be seen but not heard, because then the child isn't learning. Right. And and one of the things that I'll say about emotional intelligence is this. Emotional intelligence, when you look at the fact that we have uh, in the executive arena, that's my space, right? So when you look at uh, organizations and things like that, you have a lot of people that are very smart, book smart. However, they don't have the emotional intelligence. And now they're pushing that. And when I say pushing, I don't mean forcing, I'm saying, but now they're teaching people in executive and leadership positions how to be emotionally intelligent so that they are self-aware and then that they're aware of the people that they are leading. Because a lot of people lead from the perspective of position. So when you do that as a child, imagine how much further they'll be to be self-aware is empowering. And I love that because it's, it's from a self perspective. Now, most people would look at that and say, well, I'm teaching my child to be selfish. Nope. I think you were teaching our children to regulate, to know who they are, know what they bring to the table and be able to display that in a way that it comes across really well. Because I love what we've talked about in a couple other episodes that emotions are not good or bad. People want to label them and say, this is a bad emotion, this is a good emotion. No, emotions are emotions and they were given with purpose. So getting a person, especially children, to regulate them gives them a head up. So what are the things that you're thinking about from that? And I think this leads into a conversation that we had talked about of old school versus new school parenting. And with old school parenting, you yell at your kid, you use physical discipline, you have this, I'm the adult, you're the child, listen because I told you so. The because I told you so, it doesn't help the children learn. I have a three-year-old and he asks me, why, why? why, why? He's in a why phase. And with that, but he has a really good point because he doesn't understand. He is learning and he's not, because I think some people view that as you're challenging my authority. You need to listen. I'm the adult. You're the child. You just listen. When the kid might have a really good point of why do I need to roll up the window right now? Oh, so that's not safe. Right now we're about to go inside and we need the windows rolled up so that we can be safe. And the thing I love about this, okay, so I'm the old school side, obviously, since I'm her mother, right? (laughs) However, there was another side. And so the way that I was taught, right, as 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 a child, 
I took that and I said, okay, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And then I'm going to make it better for the next generation, which is Patrice. So now Patrice is taking that and she's with her, all her knowledge and brain skills and all of that. She's taking that and taking it to another level. However, let me say this about old school. I do care what happened to any child because some of the things that happened were actually very abusive. They were emotionally, physically, spiritually, they were abusive. I mean, let's be honest, they were abusive. However, comma, the, they did the best they knew how to do in that season. So the key now is what becomes better. So when I look at old school and I, and Patrice or somebody would ask me why, I did look at it like, you ain't paying no bills. What in the world? <laughs> you don't get an opinion up in here. Now that's the way I was taught, right? When Patrice asked me why, Patrice has always, did I say all, always been uh, one of those people who had questions and I valued her voice. So hear this, parents and, and leaders valued her voice. However, I was the, I was the one who had to make the, the hard choice and look at her and say, well, hey, no, I know you want. I'm going to use the example. I know you want your window down. I know you like the way the air or the control or whatever. However, I need you to raise your window because it is safe, right? And then so the thing about it is they're, it's not that they're questioning our authority. What they're really questioning is they're looking for boundaries and they're looking for information and they're looking for, does my voice matter? Things like that. So her voice has always mattered. And Patrice has always had a voice. Did I say always? Always had a voice. And I do want to go back to if people have experienced things that were not okay, that you can get help for that and really learning new skills. So the way that I'm raising our child, it's a little bit different from the way I was raised. So I had to read some books, go to some classes, talk about it in therapy. I had to take a different a different perspective because I didn't have the skills to do it a different way. And I think people do the best they can, but the problem is when they're best isn't what that child needs. For me, it was fine. I turned out okay. But at the same time, I do think that some of the ways I was parented, it didn't impact me in a way where it made me more of a people pleaser. It made me more of this because I don't like when people say, I spanked, I was spanked and I turned out just fine. Is that what your therapist would say? Are we sure? (laughs) Do we have anybody else that would corroborate this? What do the people in your life (laughs) Would they say the same thing? I don't know. This is the thing with that. And we do say that because I do say, you know, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened to me. We don't go through the repertoire. However, the deal is, is that it's not just turning out okay. Because okay is a relative, right? What does okay really mean? You know, like, like Patrice said, who would agree with that? We don't want our children, especially in this environment, to just be okay. We really need our children to be thinkers. They have so much media in front of them. They have so many options that we never had. And because of that, they really need to be able to know why 
in some cases, or to look at things and say, I need to use my critical thinking skill so I can be better about who I am. For an example, by being self-aware, when something come, comes across the internet or whatever they're looking at, right? Because they have a lot of access to social, right? So they're looking at it and say, ooh. So they respect their feelings, so then they'll cut it off. Or they, ooh, somebody said or did something, now I have the open door to go ask my parent, what about this or what about that? And I know my voice is going to be heard and I can tell them anything. You do not want your children to be in a place where they can't talk to you or that you silence them. The, the tip that I have for parents is fake it. When your child comes to you and tells you that something is happening that really, really upsets you, do not react in a way that is <gasps> like that where you freak out and now you're going all over the place. You need to be calm. You need to regulate yourself first before you respond. Because I've had it happen where kids did not want to tell a parent something because they were concerned about the parent's reaction. But really, the child was the one that needed their their parents support as a therapist it is my job and my goal to work myself out of a job when i'm working with a child i really want for that parent to be the one that they can come to and then i also acknowledge that as a parent if your child comes to you and they say that somebody is bullying them or something is wrong your your emotions that is going to trigger you but you can't respond you can't react out of that you have to respond out of a place of calm and then problem solve. And then we move forward and then you go cry. You go, you go custom. I don't know. You go do <laughs> what you got to do, but not in front of your child, because if you do it in front of your child, now they're concerned of, can I bring things to you? Right. Because I don't want you to react. Part of the reason that we're doing this thing on, even though we're talking about parenting, you know, make how to raise an emotional, intelligent child is actually to reinforce the fact that we need to be emotionally intelligent parents. We need to be emotional, intelligent grannies or Gigi's. I'm not a granny. I'm a Gigi or grandparents or whatever you're called. Because when a child is it's as simple and, and watch this, when your child or your grandchild or whoever falls, especially when they're young, they look at you to see what their response is supposed to be. Now, you know I'm telling the truth. They look at you to see what the response is supposed to be. And I remember him doing that. He would be in the house. He'd run and run and run and he'd run into something. <laughs> and I'd be like, I said, oh, I, I said, you're okay, aren't you? And he said, and he hold his head. Y'all can't see me. I'm holding his He said, yeah, like I think I lost a brain cell, but yeah, <laughs> if you say I'm okay, I'm okay. So that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the confirmation that it's going to be okay. They're looking for us to breathe and, and look at the thing that, okay, this is going to be okay. Because then it opens up a little gap in their, in their mind, in their world, so that you get a chance to speak. Now, let me say this. Don't try to fix it. Let's ask them questions where they can fix it. And no, the answer is not go out and beat them down. That is not the right response, even though that may be in the back of your mind. That is <laughs> that is not the re right response, right? The question is, you know, and ask them questions. And so this is what I'll tell you as a parent. Be ready in advance. 
your child is going to get bullied. Whether it be online, offline, byline, Edna Church, somewhere, they're going to get bullied, right? And they're going to fall and they're going to have some issues and they're going to ask you some really weird questions, you know, I mean, like really amazing questions. So get ready for it. So start working on your self-awareness. And my thing is work on my face. My face tells everything because between my eyes and Patrice learned that when I take my octave up three levels, that means that there's a problem somewhere. So she learned that, but now she's she's older. She can deal with that. She didn't know that when she was a kid. I mean, when she was real, real young, she didn't know that. But now the funny thing about it is she does some of the same stuff. She takes her octave up a couple levels when there's a like a like an interesting question. So I have to watch. So the first thing I had to be is become self-aware for me. Then you help them. And say, you know, if they're telling you something really interesting, okay, go get a snack right now and we'll be right back, okay? And we're going to talk about what you said because I want to hear you. So you might have to run to the bathroom and and hit your head against whatever you need to do. No. Don't hit your head against what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I mean, she's the doctor. I'm the, you know, whatever. So anyway, but do what you need to do and go look at your face and scream. You know, don't scream, but look at your face and make sounds or breathe. Take a, Actually, take a moment to breathe and center yourself. And then once you do that, you're ready to engage with them. I also want to talk about validation, validating your child. Because she kind of said, remember, I'm the psychologist. She's she's not. I'm the financial woman. <laughs> so Guru. Okay, go ahead. So with that, if your child does come to you and if they do say that they're hurt, you want to hear more about that. And as a therapist, we use tools where we reflect what the person said, like, you're hurt? Yeah. What's going on? Help me understand. Try to not use the word why. Why sounds blaming. Why'd you do that? What's go? Why? Why? Why just makes people put their guard up and they you're really not going to get good information. If your child lies if they don't tell the truth and you already know the answer don't set them up to fall <laughs> don't do that that's not good you're setting yourself up to be upset yeah. and instead make sure and if you know your child so if you ask them a question and you're pretty sure you can ask would you like to try that again do you need a redo do you need to rewind that real quick because remember you get in more trouble if i if you don't tell me the truth and that was one thing growing up that my mom did do. So if I had a bad grade at school, I knew if I problem solved it before she found out, I wouldn't get in as much trouble. So if I'm like, hey, I have a D right now, but I already talked to the teacher and I'm going to turn in these assignments. They're letting me retake this quiz and I should be able to, to bring the grade back up. And she'd be like, OK, well, you know, you still can't watch TV until your grades back up. But I'm glad. But if I had brought her the D. Can you all hear that? I'm telling you, I'm, I, I do. I mean, help me. But let me tell you the difference in that. The difference is, is when they're now a leader, what they do is they look at the problem and say, okay, this is where we're at. They, what can we do to solve it? We got an amazing question. So if you are listening on the podcast, we also stream online and I would like to bring a question into the conversation of my son is 16. Is it too late? 
No. No. It's never too late to try to change up some things and listen and connect with them. So kids want to connect. And by 16, we are now preparing that child to go out into the world. And really, we're instilling tools in them. And let's say my child is struggling right now with schoolwork with completing their their schoolwork. As a parent, I can problem solve with them to say, hey, I checked your grades. What's the plan? Mm. All right, do you need some help? Do you need some support reaching out to your teachers? Going ahead, you type up an email to your teacher, let me see it, and then copy me and we can send that out to the to, to the teacher. Helping them to problem solve, helping them. It is never too late never. to change a dynamic with, with your child. Because really by 16, like I said, you're starting to prepare them to be an adult and to help them. And you can always come to them and say, hey, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm not perfect. And I don't expect perfect from you either. Right. Now, let me jump in there for just a second. There's two things. Remember I said that in leadership, when I go out and I teach leadership in corporate America, I help them with EI, with emotional intelligence, right? So that is a skill. It's a skill set. It's a skill. And skills are learned. They're built on based on habits. So it's about uh, when when you're building a new habit, what happens is you build on top of some other other some other things that you already know and that you're comfortable with. Number one. Number two is stay away from. You haven't heard her say anything about blaming. Don't blame them and don't shame them. Be careful in that space because as a parent, sometimes we want to say, "Well, somebody at fault. It ain't my fault." <laughs> you know, with because we look at us and say, "Well, what didn't, what didn't I do wrong? What did I do wrong?" And we. And we want to separate behavior from who they are. Yes, please do. Because my child can make some decisions that I don't like, but I still need to like my child. And if I'm not liking my child, then I need to connect with them, connect with their interests, connect with them on their level, because it's really important to connect before you correct. Because if you correct with no connection, that's going to be rebellion. It's going to be bad. And so connect with them and then correct. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm a, I love scenarios. So if you would take um, people like M&Ms, I can't eat them, do a peanut M&M, okay? Or do um, um, a, a lollipop that has the center Tootsie Roll. So if you look at behaviors and emotion as the outer layer, you can take off and put on behaviors and emotions. That's something you you have control of as an individual, right? You can take them off, you can put them on. There's something, no, not because your parents did that. No, 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 no. It's not because anybody else did it. You put it on. You have the capacity and the capability of taking it off. But when you get to the center, the center, whether it's the nut and the peanut M&M or it is the uh, Tootsie Roll Center, that is the part that's the person. And that part is the part that you have to value at all times. See, I remember Patrice, and, and this is us telling a little bit, you know, y'all get a little bit us personal as we go. So this is the deal. I remember her coming to me. So what can I do to cause you not to love me? Here it is. 
And I said, nothing. And she said, no, no, no. And she asked me three times. That's what our children, that's what people in our lives want to know. Did I, did I do something? Was I, did I had I broken something? <laughs> <laughs> what had happened is something had happened in somebody else's life. Okay. And you came home and you were, we were very close to them and something happened there and some things were said and she wanted to know, well, you friends with them. Do you have the same mindset? <laughs> and she didn't ask me like that. She just came to me. I mean, really came to me and said, well, what can I do? And I'm thinking nothing. And she said, no, no, if I and she started rattling. And I'm thinking, no, I always love you. I may not like what you did, but you are not what you do. Separated. Our pe- Listen, people who have been in jail, people who have had a lot of issues in their life, whatever the issue is, that's a behavior. That is what you did, but that's not who you are. And that's the thing that sometimes happens with us as parents. And people as leaders, we see so much greater in people. So we want that greatness to come out, right? But you can't beat it out of them. <laughs> you can't make them do it. You have to guide them and help them and encourage them. That doesn't mean you have to carry them. There's a difference. You can't carry them and you can't make them drink. You can't force it on them. You show them more of themselves so that they're thirsty for what they know that's in them because you're encouraging them. Does that make sense? And I think parents have to deal with their own stuff. Because when I'm out in public and my child starts Mm. to act up, his behavior is not a reflection on my parenting at that moment. Like he might be hungry. He might be tired. I can be the best parent in the world, but if he is hungry, tired, and like he is going to have a reaction, behavior communicates. Behavior always communicates. And the younger the kid is, the less they're able to communicate. And your child might be 16 years old chronologically, but then emotionally they might be like six or seven or 10. And sometimes if I account for that, so if I'm working with a 12-year-old foster child that really emotionally, when they get upset, they regress. In therapy, we talk about going back to a younger mental age. They go back to around two or three. Well, at two or three, you have tantrums. So this 12-year-old might sometimes have tantrums. We have to connect and and approach them and calm them as though they were that two or three. So they might need me to hold them. They might need to go for a walk. They might need some more. They might not be able to regulate on their own. They might need some help and support with that. And I think remembering that can be really important. I do have a YouTube video on emotional intelligence that you can check out. What were you going to say? Start where you are with your child. And it's not about, again, no blame, no shame, nothing. Find out what they need. Ask them, you know, because, you know, whether 16 or 60, people can still have tantrums. Patrice wants to say something. And I don't know is an answer. Sometimes kids really don't know. Sometimes they don't. And when they say that, don't get frustrated. And then just breathe. And then this is the next thing. When you see something in your child's life, regardless the age, but this is the, when I say that, this is what I'll tell you is that 
what happens is you see it and you, let's say a reaction, something happens. And so sometimes they're looking for our attention. And, and sometimes you have to ask them, okay, you did this, you know, like they freak out or whatever. And then, and then it's, you know, you, you blowing up. What's the real issue? Calmly notice what the way I said it. Don't go where they're at. Don't, don't heighten. Like they're screaming and hollering. Don't go like that because all you're going to do is get louder and louder and louder. It's, it's, it's not going to be healthy. And something that I will say is when a child is upset, that is the worst time to ask them a question. No. So there's the hand model of the brain where this is the emotional part. The thumb is the emotional part. And then I fold my fingers over the thumb. And that thumb is that amygdala. That thumb is that emotional survival brain, that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And when that is triggered, the thinking brain stops. If you're listening on the podcast, you might have to watch that over on YouTube, but the thinking brain stops. And so when you put a whole bunch of words to a toddler that's having a meltdown, it's not going to help. Even a 16-year-old that's having a meltdown, really step one is to get them calm, get that thinking brain re-engaged, and now we can have a conversation. And the best time to have any conversation is when everything is okay. So 16 or 60 or 70 or 80, whatever the age is, <laughs> when you start talking about things and say, well, you know what? You're about to go into college soon. What is your plan? What is going on? Cooking, whatever they like, to, whatever y'all like to do together. And always find something that y'all like to do together so you can listen to them. If you don't normally do meals together, you might want to try that because people, no phones, you know, whatever, whatever your, your thing that you do for your family. And then listen, listen to what they're saying. And then you may have to step back. No, remember. You're controlling yourself, your emotional intelligence. You're not responding because the moment you respond to something they might say, because kids will say things to trigger you. Let me see. Well, I just had, you know, or I just did whatever. So to trigger you, don't be triggered because the moment you, you get triggered, then like Patrice said, what happens to you is your emotional intelligence goes awry too. So be careful with that. This is what I'll tell you. One of the tips I'll give you is this. Be authentic. Be authentically you. And when I say that, that didn't mean with your head and your finger going from side to side and you just being all off the chain. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying we love people in our lives, right? We care for them. When you see just a little something like this, when you see a mother and she has one or two, one to 15 kids, whatever she has in her cart, and the kid is freaking out. Just look at her and smile. Don't look at her like, I can't believe you in the store. Like, don't do that to them. Don't do that to them. Just look at them and say, girl, I know. <laughs> do you want me to grab something for you? Do you want me to help you in some way? Ask that. Be helpful. So that helped me so much. My best friend has two daughters, and both of her girls are older than, than my son. And we went to the zoo. And her daughter was overtired and had a big fit. And she's just pushing her in the stroller because we're on our way to the car. We are leaving the zoo. Her child is falling apart. And she's just like, I'm, I'm going to the zoo. People are looking and she is not caring. And it is so important that you be delivered from other people's opinion. We're going to do something on that. Especially your family, especially strangers. And especially you. 
you are making your choice for your child and your family. If people don't like it. So I'm pretty sure there are people in my life that don't like the way that I'm raising my son because he has emotions and we're helping, we're teaching him how to regulate them without killing his personality, without crushing his spirit. Our son is very strong-willed and he is very, very smart. And because of this, he figures out ways to work things. Some people use the word manipulative. I don't like that word because I am the adult and I see what he's doing and I set a boundary and that crushes manipulation. Did y'all hear that? Say that again. Say that again. I am the adult. And when I see what my child is doing, I set a boundary because that crushes manipulation. And inside that boundary, he gets a chance to be fully engaged. He is fully aware. She's aware of him, all of that. And it shuts it down. What it does is gives him a safe space to be him, right? Because when children, children want to know you care enough to say no, right? They don't like it. They don't. Adults don't either. Just for information, they don't either. However, no can be safe. No can be healthy. No is okay. So that's the thing. And when Patrice talks about the fact that uh, other opinions is, I'm a Napoleon Hill instructor. So Napoleon Hill talks about the six ghosts of fear. Of course, I would drop something in the middle of the thing. So <laughs> one of them is other people's opinion. That's, that's something that we have, that's a belief system that is connected to our subconscious mind. And when I say that, listen to the reason I'm saying it. The reason I'm saying it is when we look at how other people look at us, what we start thinking of without any engagement, without even thinking consciously of it, it immediately flashes back to something in our subconscious mind. And so we just have to remember to control ourselves. Yeah, that is a thought. Yes, it happened in your brain and you need to push it back. It's not doing you any justice at this moment. And just keep that in mind. And something that helps me is that people can have an opinion and that does not have to change my behavior. I don't have to take other people's opinion. So if somebody says, oh, I like you in red, thanks. Okay. I have on blue today. <laughs> okay. Because I think what happens is when somebody's opinion touches one of your insecurities, oh. something that you're not confident in, that is when it really hurts. And so building your own confidence as a person, that can really help other people's opinions not really matter as much. And you know what it does? Let's talk about how it relates to the money side. By teaching our children how to handle or deal with their emotions, it's going to make them more successful in life. It's going to cause them to help them be more successful in every area of their life. And they won't even allow their emotions to drive their spending. So when you look at that and you become self-aware, you are self-regulated. I love that word, self-regulated where you're in control. So when you see things, you say, oh, hmm, that's what that is. But however, I get a chance to choose. Like Patrice was talking about the person's opinion, right? She gets the choice to choose. People have done the same thing in your life. They're looking, well, you know, you look better with shorter hair. You look better with this. Rah, rah, rah. That's your opinion. I, you have to love yourself. And when I say that, I'm not saying there's not something you desire to work on for you. That's for you. 
don't allow other people to mold you, shape you that did not create you. Can I, didn't I say it again? Don't allow other people, you need to look at the video for this one. Don't allow other people to mold you, shape you that did not create you. And when I say create, I'm not talking about our family members or whatever, because sometimes our family members, our parents can sometimes believe, well, you're my child and you need to do what I want you to do, but you're an adult and the decision is yours now. I've done all I can do. So this is the deal, regardless of the age, I support Patrice, right? When I say that, I'm not talking about financially because I do not. I'm talking about emotionally. I am her support. I am there. I'm listening. I take every opportunity to hear her and spend time with her. I absolutely treasure her. However, when it comes to her son, my voice goes to and I follow instructions. Which as a parent, that lets me trust her with our child, that she's going to respect the fact that we have certain things that we don't let him do or we have certain things and we, we we let Gigi and grandma and grandpa we let them do a little bit we give them a little room but very little room because <laughs> we're not gonna let y'all ruin him and then we gotta deal oh, ruin, with it ruin ruin you hear that did she just not talk about stuff she's blaming us for ruining him I mean what in the world how we wrap it up I know we need some tips some tips some tips my final tip to you would be as the parent managing your own behavior, researching emotional intelligence, EQ, to see what things you can do to model for your child first. Because kids do what you do, they don't do what you say. So if your emotions are all dysregulated, there's a higher chance that their emotions are going to be all over the place too. So it really does start with you and then making sure that you're validating. I can validate the emotion while still challenging and correcting the behavior. And then lastly, natural consequences. So if your child does something inappropriate on their phone, then you take the phone for a period of time. And make sure to not give outlandish, say you're never ever gonna have a phone for as long as you live, because you're, you're gonna come back on that. Like that's not something that you're actually going to do. And so don't set something that you're not gonna be consistent with. Consistency is so important. What are your final tips? So about the setting up something that, that you're gonna be consistent with, don't do something that's gonna hurt you as a parent, right? If I say, well, you're never going to leave the house again, they're looking at me like, wow, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, because I know tomorrow night you're going somewhere and you're going to take me somewhere. So do something. But this is what I'll tell you, is that when you when you see it, start um, celebrating the emotions and how they're handling it. When you see it going in the right direction, give them, celebrate with them. Say, hey, I noticed you made this, da, da, da. And then ask questions. Don't always choose for them. Say, hey, like if this happened or you saw this or you saw one of their friends do it, well, what if that happened to you? Because it's a calm, right? It didn't happen to them. So what are, okay, have you considered this question? Have Don't tell them. Ask them questions to cause them to think. And that's where emotional intelligence comes from. So this is the last thing I'll say. Emotional intelligence is not some eerie, crazy uh, concept. It is handling the gift of emotion. It's handling and being aware of the gift that you have been given 
as a real emotion and to move forward in every area of your life. It's going to help you be more successful in every facet of your life. So take charge and do small bites. Don't, don't, it's not a, mir- a miracle. Tomorrow you're not going to be emotional. You're not going to be on. I mean, really, every day I'm not on. And I like what Patrice said earlier. It, and I'm going to use this term is being imperfectly perfect. Being your person, she didn't like that. Her <laughs> face. Oh my God. Did you see her face? Did y'all see her face on TikTok? I'm sorry. Anyway, perfectly perfect. Imperfect. Be the best you you can be. Let's go with that. She likes that. She'll keep that. Be the best you you can be in this moment. And when you find out better, be better. Just step it off, okay? So we appreciate y'all. And we, we appreciate the fact that you're tuned in. are listening to Legacy Moments, where we have authentic conversations about life, business, and so much more. I'm Dr. Patrice Berry, and I am joined by my co-hosted mom, Johnny Lloyd. Together, we combine my years of psychological training with her years of life and business experience to add value to your day.